Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Down to Biscay. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, try this again. Where'd Greg go? Welcome into Floor is Yours, an extension of Five on the Floor here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I think I'm Ethan Skolnick. Above, we've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Brady Hawk, you can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. What happened? Alf ended up on the YouTube channel and it screwed everything up tonight. Uh, we've also got Greg Sylvander popping in here shortly. There is Greg. We'll see if he can make it through an entire show without having to reboot his computer. We are sponsored here as always. Well, not as always, but tonight by our friends over at All Pro Construction Builders. I've mentioned them to you before. You can check them out on Instagram at All Pro Construction Builders. This is where you want to go before hurricane season. Don't wait until August or September or anything along those lines. You know hurricanes are right around the corner, so get a state-certified license and insure general contractor. They service Miami-Dade, Monroe, and Broward counties. They use locally-made products, American-made. But here's the biggest thing. They're family-owned and operated. Danny's a great guy. He's going to take care of you. He's a big Miami sports fan. He's texting me about the heat all the time. 305-484-4429 is how you reach him on his personal cell. 305 305- 484-4429. Reach out to Danny and mention five reasons. Not only will you get a free estimate for everything you need, whether it's residential or commercial for your impact windows and doors, but also you mentioned five reasons you're going to get a 10% discount. Pretty cool deal. Huh? All right. So reach out to Danny, all pro construction builders, 305-484-4429. All right. This is going to be a little bit loose tonight because we want to let everybody get their questions in. Um, I have been called a master of panic, just like uh, Shaquille O'Neal called Stan Van Gundy. In fact, I was actually panicking during the first period of the Panther game when they fell behind one nothing, and it's now actually tied uh, after the first. So Manny and I will keep you updated on that. But uh, but let's get to um, here. Here's the, the question that, that I have for you guys. The Panthers tonight, I know none of you are big hockey fans, but the Panthers tonight came home. Well, not home, but they're in Washington. They're down 2-1 in the series. And their coach, Andrew Burnett, made major changes, okay? Like, I mean, he kept the same players, but all the lines are different. Took a guy off the first line, put him on the third line, changed the defensive pairings. The only thing he really kept the same was his goaltender. So I ask you this. The Heat are coming home. Eric Spolstra's third in coach of the year voting. The Heat did not look good in the last two games. They shot the ball as poorly as they've shot from three the entire season. Joel Embiid is playing in this game five. He did not play in games one and game two. So to me, in a lot of ways, you have to throw games one and game two out. If you are Eric Spolster, do you make major changes at the risk of it looking like you're panicking or do you stay with mostly what you went up there in, in, uh, in Philadelphia with? 
Well, one difference is, Ethan, and I know you're, you're taking shots at our hockey knowledge. It's the first round for them, right? So they're a little more panicked being a one seed in the first round down on the road. Am I following that correctly? Yes, um, that is true. So I, I don't know that it's going to be as wholesale changes as maybe some fans would like, but a Duncan Robinson uh, being inserted into the rotation to see if you can get that ignitable shooting going um if the guys aren't hitting right off the you know from the at the beginning of the game i think that's viable but i don't think that there's this uh mass changes uh coming do any of you guys think that that's what we're about to see i feel like spo is on some who's gonna blink first and it's just gonna take uh more games than we said it was but alex when we talk about mass changes um I mean, he's not replacing Bam Adebayo in the starting lineup or taking P.J. Tucker out. But what we're really talking about, uh, to me, the biggest mass change or significant change would be like putting Tyler Hero in the starting lineup. So so I polled this today and I asked if Kyle Lowry is starting and Kyle Lowry is listed now as questionable. OK, which of these four two guards would you start? And none of the four two guards got more than 30%, which tells you how they're all split. They were all between 20 and 30%. Okay, it was Oladipo, Struess, Robinson, and Hero. All pretty much the same. But in both polls, with either Gabe Vincent or Kyle Lowry starting, I did it both ways, Victor Oladipo was the choice. Okay, I threw out the Tyler Hero possibility last night on the pod with Brady and Greg if Gabe was starting, okay? Would you consider Oladipo in the starting lineup? Because I, I didn't think that was going to win that poll or either. I would, of them. I would definitely consider it. I didn't see that poll. So I just thought about it right now as you were talking. Uh, I think Kyle being out would obviously, you know, suck. We know that he's playing hurt. It would still suck. But uh, it's kind of hard to decide between uh, him and Tyler there. But I would definitely consider him. Those were kind of the guys that were going back and forth in my head just because I think you need somebody who can make plays with the ball in their hands. So they're, they're already kind of missing that in that starting lineup sometimes when they uh, rely on the jump shooting. And uh, they haven't even been able to do that. Like, the you know, Brady has pointed out in the past, and uh, Coop did a, a today in his article as well, as, as far as, like, the Sixers being a team that is not giving the heat shooters a lot of space to fire and launch, even though Embiid is dropping back, you know, the when they're not coming off of just dribble handoffs, like they're just generally doing a good job of sticking with those guys and staying home, making Jimmy and Bam having to beat them. So uh, they're going to need guys who can make plays with the ball in their hands and kind of be dynamic. So I'm almost like, fuck it, start Depot and Tyler. <laughs> Excuse, I know we don't curse a lot, but that's it's. I, I'm not really too worried about the starting lineup there. I think it's just a, a, a matter of, making shots and that's just, that's not all that's happened in these two losses it's just kind of the biggest thing that's hard to get past first of all right and i think that's the whole thing that that leif was referring to there when it comes to kind of sticking with the game plan seeing who blinks first like i don't know when it comes to major changes i don't know what's what's going to happen as far as minor changes could that be just you know duncan getting a little bit uh, of a rotation shot, just getting mixed in there the way he was kind of in the Atlanta series before he was completely phased out, right? So maybe he's getting like nine minutes or something like that where they have an extra shooter. Maybe it's, you know, him over Gabe, something like that. I don't know if that's considered a, ma a major change. You know, uh, as far as schematically, the only major change uh, I could see is if they were to like start mixing in a little bit more drop. I think there was like one or two possessions of it on, you know, in the last game. And I would think, I think that would be interesting to kind of, uh, 
mix it up and uh, mix up what the Sixers are seeing because they're already used to, you know, what the what the Heat are doing when it comes to switching, helping, and rotating, and specifically fronting and beat. Like they really gotten comfy with the types of looks they're uh, they're able to generate when the Heat are doing that kind of getting guys exactly where they want down low. So I think mixing in a couple more defensive looks like that would be cool, but I don't think there'll be any major changes. But Brady, um, Alex's idea of starting, I'm looking at some of the comments here and I'll get to them. Manny, if you can get some of them up uh, while I'll read them here off the screen as well, always a super chat. We always will definitely read those. Uh, and we will get to the Kyle has to sit thing. All right, let's start there then, because because that yeah. that's sort of everything kind of falls from that, right? Like because I mean there are two different permutations depending on whether Kyle sits or not. He's listed as questionable. If he looks the way he looked in game four, we you're in agreement. He sits, right? You don't play him. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you do. Even before he even grabbed the hamstring, like before that even happened, you look at game three and four. You can tell it's bothering him, even just the way he's shooting. Like, there's the lift isn't the same. Like, the, the, this is all tying into the production thing. Like, I think game four when he's getting to the rim and passing, we're used to that. Like, that's just something he's going – that's part of his nature as an offensive player. But the shooting stuff, the pull-up stuff, I think the reason in that game three he wasn't taking that pull-up jumper was partly because I think he knows his limitations at this point. Like, the way he was talking after that game yesterday was, like, hinting at the point, like – I'm worried more about my health right now. Like I want to be healthy more than anything. Jimmy was hinting at it as well, saying more than anything, we have guys that could step up, but we want him to be healthy. It's just hard to see him going right back out there. I think the questionable tag is a little weird because I think we're so used to seeing questionable and thinking they're going to play. But this is one of those things where it's, this feels more like a downgrade than an upgrade to me. Uh, so it changes things, I guess, for the starting lineup because I think Gabe is the guy. But to Alex's point, just to tie it back a little bit, I think the reason, personally, if I'm guessing what Spo's doing, I think Struess is probably starting ultimately. I know we want to like get these different changes. Everybody wants to say, I don't think it happens. But if I was to say, okay, are you starting all the depot where Tyler Hero? I think I'd go with Tyler Hero just for the reason of, the reason they're losing these games is because of shooting. Like they just shot 20% from three and they had one of their worst offensive games back-to-back games. Oladipo doesn't really fix that if you plug in Oladipo for Max Struess. Like, I think you're you're getting a little bit more rim pressure. You're yeah. getting better defensively, which is something they're worried about. But if you want to stagger things, the better option is to utilize both shooters. And if one's not playing well, then you work in the extra guy. But you want to utilize as many shooters as possible. So I think Max starts. But if not, I don't mind the Tyler thing. And maybe they can work in Max and Duncan off the bench next to Depot and let him create on the ball a little bit more. Uh, but other than that, I, I, it's hard for me to tie it back. I, I just don't think Kyle plays in the next game. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I, I think when we look at, at some of these combinations, we also have to come back to the premise, Greg, that we've talked about all season. And thanks uh, to Sam with the shooting card in Washington to fix our problems. We'll do transaction talk in the last few minutes. But look, Greg, we've discussed this. If they're going to win a championship this season, it is about their best players being maximized, right? So Mm -hmm. let's do it in that context, okay? Let's consider Lowry being out, okay? So your best – That's the big thing. Right. So so your best players are Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero, right? And and clearly your best player is still Jimmy Butler. We've seen that in this series and in the playoffs entirely. So putting who in the starting lineup helps those guys the most because I I feel like at this stage, as much as Tyler has not been good as a starter this year – that in this particular series, starting him would help him. 
because the attention that they have to pay to Jimmy because of the way that he's playing that Tyler might get comfortable and might get freer looks without all of the blitzing in the starting lineup and without having to kind of figure out who's got control of the bench with Oladipo, you might as well just start Tyler here if you're going to start Gabe. That's that's kind of my thinking on it. Uh, I can buy that argument, although I think if Kyle really doesn't play, I, just, I have a gut feeling that Oladipo ends up starting and that Tyler Hero remains in the bench role. Um, that's purely just a gut feeling. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I understand all the reasons and support Tyler Hero eventually. Like, that's the card that we know Spoh's been holding on to. I just don't know that I'm that desperate. I guess everyone else is more desperate than I am. I think that um, we're not there yet. I want to see them, um, I guess, like, by the part, by the time I'm no longer uh, desperate, they'll be eliminated. So, like, that's the, the tough part about this because I was about to say you make changes if they lose the next one, but then you're, like, on the rope. So, it, it, it's a tough balance. I just don't know that you pull a shooter like Struess out of the lineup. Um, Unless Kyle sits, then you can get creative and there's ways where maybe you can uh, have an Oladipo. Like Oladipo otherwise doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's tough. I, I, I am reluctant to overreact, I guess is where I'm going. Because over and over again, we see that series sway and they go back and forth and you're playing a good team and they're busting their ass trying to win basketball games. And uh, crowds matter, I think, to some degree. I, I, they say that it doesn't. So I don't know. I'm reluctant to overreact. I hate to say that because I know that everyone wants us to just do wholesale change talk. Well, Sean's comment comes. Uh, let's. Re- I want to get to Miles too because it's a it's a super chat comment for sure. But Sean's comment here: if you start Tyler with get Kyle or Gabe, how do you make minutes for Depot, Struess, and Duncan? Um, I do think it's a choice then between Struess and Duncan. I mean, is it possible? Is it possible that Struess could go from starting to being on the the fringe of the rotation at the very most? I mean, that, he's not going to go that far, right? No, I think the only way you can use both is if one starts. Like, I just don't see a way. The, the goal here is to stagger them. Like, you just need shooting, but you're not utilizing them together, specifically in this series with the pressure on Joel Embiid and the helping and being in the right spots. There's just no way uh, that you can really do that. I think there is a way, though. Like, if, if they continue – the same starting lineup that we're discussing. And let's say Kyle doesn't play and it's Gabe and it's Max off the bench. You have Tyler Depot. Uh, Duncan's the card in there because you can play mm-hmm. Duncan, Tyler, and uh, Depot together. As much as people didn't like the Tyler Duncan things, you just need spacing right now. So there is a way to utilize both of them. But if, let's say, Greg's right and they do start Depot, then it's kind of the choosing game between the two. Let's get to that uh, super chat comment here that came in uh, from Miles. Harden played in a bad hamstring last year, and it's cost him. Kyle should sit not just for this year, but going forward. I mean, that is the balance, right? I mean, th- there's really a bunch of things at play here with Kyle. You know, the one thing is there's pressure for him to perform because he was brought in to get this team over the hump. I mean, Jimmy Butler sold them on this as the major acquisition. They gave him the third year of the deal because Jimmy wanted him here. I mean, they knew they were overpaying. They knew they were competing for his services. So there's pressure on him to compete and play at a high level. Uh, with that being said, he is 30, what, six, seven years old, right? And and you're looking at a, situa- a situation where you do have him for the next three years, and Miles makes a good point. Like, you don't want to limit him more in the future, but I don't think either of those things matter right now. I think the thing that matters right now is he's hurting you when he's playing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think 
you know, it's about Kyle's present or about Kyle's future or about Kyle's contract or about any of that. It's about the fact that they have been a better basketball team in this series when Kyle Lowry has not been playing out there on one leg like that. That to me, that's the thing. And, and I go back to previous series when the Heat have put guys out there who tried to play when maybe they shouldn't have. I go back to Udonis Haslam uh, a few years ago and remember then they shelved him. He played in the Boston series. Everybody remembers the 13 minutes against Chicago, but the previous series against Boston, he didn't hit the side of the backboard. They had to sit him down because it, he just wasn't. And it did hurt his career long-term, no question. Um, but more so, it would have hurt them in that series. You know, when Chris Bosh came back in 2012 with the abdominal, he didn't look good for the first two or three games. They survived it because LeBron was, you know, went nuclear uh, in Boston. But I, to me, that's the big issue, guys. It's not, I mean, I, I don't want to say I don't care about Kyle Lowry's future. I care about whether this team's going to advance to the next round. They're not advancing to the next round, in my view, Alex, with Kyle Lowry playing like that. They're just not. Like, they're better I, off with a healthy Gabe Vincent. I'm going to quote, or I'm not going to quote it because I don't have the quote in front of me, but something Spo said two or three times last night that I'm sure you guys have seen floating around Twitter uh, since he said it was, I want to see what's real and what's emotional. It sounds to me, Ethan, like you're still in that emotional state because that's really what I'm hearing right now with this Lowry stuff. I think more uh, you have a point when it comes to, like, is he better? Are the Heat better when he's playing? But I kind of felt more that way about game three than game four. I thought mm -hmm. in game four, like, there was, he was actually doing a lot of uh, stuff, being able to kind of get stuff going on, on the offensive end. Missed a bunny at the rim, which was annoying, uh, kind of a awkward angle. But to me, the thing with him is the jump shots where he's like, he, he actually took some more of those pull-up shots that we were kind of begging him to take after game three where he was not taking them, not making himself a threat at all. And he, he just, it was not there. Like, I think he might have to step a couple feet in, you know, play a little bit more <laughs> like Chris Paul in the sense that you're taking the mid-range looks in the drop as opposed to the pull-up threes because it just really doesn't seem like he's got his legs on him. But I think as far as, as it, on defense and moving the, the offense along, he was good. Now, as far as him playing and going forward, I'm not going to comment on that because I don't know how he's feeling. I don't know how he's going to feel tomorrow before the game. And, you know, that's a, that's a lot of time right now in between games, even though it's only two days. I think it's really up to him and the doctors. And, like, if he's feeling the same way that he was at the end of game four, then that's a problem. But, like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to comment on the Kyle stuff. I think in general, like, the lineup stuff is almost, like, in the back of my head when it comes to what that he had to do. Uh, to beat the Sixers, I think they like they need to make yeah. shots is what you're saying. Yeah, they need no. to start making three point shots. It's not just about making shots. That's like the the the, the threes are the biggest. That, thing. The jump shots are the biggest thing. Yeah, it, it's the biggest thing. But I don't think lineups are. You know, I don't think it's That's that. True. Like I want Duncan to play, but I don't think like changing around the lineups. Like there's no way Max isn't starting. Uh, and you know, with or without Kyle, they have ways to beat the Sixers. And I don't think it's just about the jump shooting, but a lot of it is. You know. Well, look, I, I want to make clear on something on the emotional versus the non-emotional. Obviously, I've covered enough of these series where the Heat were tied or the Heat were down, and I didn't necessarily think they were going to lose the series. Even like 2-1 in Indiana, 2012, Dwayne and Spo screaming at each other. Dwayne needs his knee drain. Chris Bosh is out. I still thought they I were going to win. That. And, and I was covering it, and I wasn't scared because they had LeBron, okay? And, and so I was like, you know what? They'll figure out a way to do this. Game six in Boston, I remember the night before, was sitting at a bar scrolling through my phone. You want to talk about Heat fans like ready to off themselves. I've never seen it more negative than it was that night. We know what happened that next game. 
and all the rest of that. So I have learned, you know, two, two in Chicago in 2006 with Gary Payton and Dwayne Wade screaming at each other. I was sitting right in front of them. I, I, I understand series change when you go to different locations. The reason I'm a little more panicked about this one is because there was a major player inserted into the series in game three. And I don't know if it's just the home crowd. Okay. I don't think it is. Okay. Or it's that player who's still playing at about 70% of himself, but this is not the same series that started in game one in Miami. And so to me, the heat really haven't accomplished anything of significance in this series, other than Jimmy Butler showing that he can be a superstar when they need him to be. And that that's my level. I think of panic is that, you know, they could play well in game five and and still lose. I mean, I still think there are things Philadelphia hasn't gotten to uh, in this series that they can get to, even though, as we say, Miami's shooting should start to normalize. I understand that. But let's talk specifically about Duncan Robinson now, because I know uh, everybody wants to get to that that conversation. And, you know, out, you know, oh, oh how the uh, the turns have tabled or the tables have turned or whatever, that we're back in this spot now where everybody 70 percent of people want Duncan Robinson to play. Uh, so so I'll, I'll go to you on this, Brady, because the, the point, the counterpoint by the other 30 percent is, well, yeah, you're going to get his shooting and he's going to be that gravity and that space and all that. But he's also going to give up so many points on the other end from touch fouls and other things like that, that it doesn't make up for it. I mean, where, where is the line for you? Like, how much should he play? I think that's the beauty of this team. And I think this is what comes back to everything that we're talking about is that the beauty of having depth is that you can have a shorter leash on multiple players. This is something we talked about five on the floor last night, but when you have so many role players, you can go to multiple guys. That's why Spo said before, this is a playoff rotation. It's not a nine man rotation. Yeah, that's true. But like you got kind of utilized the whole playoff rotation. If things aren't going uh, the right way. So I don't think it's more about a set minutes thing for Duncan. Like I think there's a point where, okay, if Max is playing well and the shooting looks good and they're not having issues there, maybe you continue to go the same route. But if there's an issue with Max, I think you plug in Duncan and you kind of go from there. But the reason why I think they, they should be more willing to go to it uh, is it can unleash Bam. And it's something I, they had to get away from it when they did. Like they had to separate the two to unleash the offense in a lot of ways to allow certain sets to get into action and not look for the DHO from sideline to sideline. But now you're sitting here and saying, Maybe it's not a worst thing in the world to pull and beat away from Bam a little bit and give him a runway and allow him to play on the backside against other players uh, on a four on three. Like, I think there's advantages here to at least try it. Like, I just can't see a, a world where no matter if Miami wins or loses this series, where the series is over and we're saying they did not try that aspect of things. So try to unleash either Bam or Duncan as a shooter. Uh, so I, I think he for sure plays this next game. I don't know about the minutes, but it's just... I think he can really be be utilized in that way, just specifically with handoffs. If they want to blitz him, I think there's a counter. If they don't blitz him. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Duncan Robinson, wide open threes. No matter how you feel about him in a rotation earlier in the season or how you feel about him now, you're going to take a Duncan Robinson wide open three off a little curl. So it just, uh, I think there's no reason not to try it. And if it, say, if it doesn't work in the first half, go to the next guy because you can have a shorter leash with the amount of guys you have on this roster. 
I'm reading these comments from Novocaine and Ito and all the rest of this, and it, it does raise a point, something we've discussed. We viewed this, Greg, as a built-for-the-playoffs team the whole year. And then they were better in the regular season than we expected because their depth was better than we expected, right? And now we're running into the opposite problem where it's, okay, can Spolstra actually play all of his depth in the right way to make them a playoff team still? And one of the reasons we thought they were a built-for-the-playoff team playoffs team was because they acquired Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker. And so those two guys who have been there, won championships would allow you to shrink the rotation and not rely on guys that we didn't think they would rely on during the regular season, the Struces, the Vincents, etc. The whole thing is flipped. Now they can't trust Kyle Lowry because of his injury at mostly. I mean, that's where it is. And let's be honest, I, I, I loved PJ's minutes at home. I didn't love them on the road. I don't think he was particularly good in games three and games four. So the whole thing has, has turned on its head now where I think if you're Eric, you're like, okay, do I go back to trying to play 10 or 11? You know, do I go to play 10 or 11 guys because I have more good players than Philadelphia? But then I'm going to have – they're going to play Embiid 40, 42 minutes and Harden 38 minutes and Maxi 38 minutes, and we got might get run off the floor. It's not easy – um, it, it's good to have talent. Okay, I just want to say that, like, if you're doing that, it's not cutting into the minutes like of a Jimmy or a Tyler uh, okay. of a Bam. I think realistically, like, I think the idea of it for a lot of people is that it's a Max Duncan switch. It's a game, but, but Brady, which is harder to say. Into, they ha- they have cut into Tyler's minutes in this series, and right. I'm not saying it's been unwarranted because I don't think Tyler's been great, with the exception of a couple of stretches. But he's not getting the minutes. We I thought he'd be a 35, 36 minute a game player in the playoffs. He hasn't been. Part it's of because, that is I think it's deeper. because the all the guys they have in this depth is all guards. Like in a lot of ways, like we're talking about a front court player goes down, and we're talking about Omar Yurtsevin. Like you talk about a yeah. guards go down, you look down the roster. There's a Caleb who's smaller that played the four, but other than that, it's Duncan's, it's Struces, it's Gabe's, and it's all yeah, these they have guards. six playable guards. They're all they playing together too. <laughs> I, I think that this shows that there is um, there's something to the idea that when you have this kind of depth, it actually makes it harder to coach in certain respects and i think that it's probably a bigger challenge than when you are you know top heavy and you know who your guys are going to be like they knew the six guys that were going to basically play on some of those big three teams um this is so it's unique it's something that spolster hasn't had to manage on the back end of the rotation as much um i at least i don't think that he's had to think about it in these terms uh with very many other rosters so that's why i think that they double down stick with what they know um there is you know also that factor of going back to what worked when they kind of had oladipo out of the mix markeith out of the mix etc and like do they do they revisit that situation where they kind of went back to what was working a, a while ago and Greg, they um, had him on the court together last night. Who would have thought that in January? I know, you know, I mean, it's just, it's to- it, again, a lot of this has flipped and, you know, now they have to figure out solutions to it. All right. Let, let, let me, let me ask you one thing on the Philadelphia side. I know how you love this, Alex, but before we do, I do want to talk about uh, one of our sponsors. We'll get to more of the comments. Uh, the super chats. We'll definitely get to more of the comments uh, there. We do want to tell you about you break wheel fix though. The wheel repair, refinishing, and custom wheel specialists. They offer the big three of all your car wheel needs. With over 20 years of experience, they can repair your damaged wheels from curb rash, cracks, or bends. 
And of course, they can do the powder uh, coating for you. So you can get them in the vice colors or any of the other colors you want. They've got a new location in North Miami. So check them out on the website. They got a bigger location because they've done so much business. Youbreakwheelfix.com. That's youbreakwheelfix.com. You mentioned five reasons and you get yourself a discount down there from Mark and all the great people there. Youbreakwheelfix.com. It's 305 748 0112-305-748-0112, ubreakwheelfix.com. They also do the no credit check financing up to $5,000 for a new set of wheels. Also, I want to thank Lynette, uh, who's here in the comments, and we'll get to one of her comments before we go. Uh, she's sponsoring tomorrow's Starting 9 uh, at A Aggressive Insurance, and I'll be seeing you on Friday, Lynette. I'll text you after the show. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get to this, um, uh, this question. From Philadelphia's perspective, There was a lot of rejoicing last night that James Harden is back. 31 points. Um, All I saw was 28 to 30 foot step backs. Now, I'm not going to diminish that because that's a skill I do not possess. Uh, But that also uh, doesn't really scare me. Like what scares me is the reinsertion of Joel Embiid into this series, not the reemergence of James Harden. Am I I wrong about that? No, I definitely don't disagree with that uh i think the harden thing and shout out to to cooper moorhead who works for the heat i think the the stat was 13 of 17 that they that the sixers shot at like the end of the the shot clock and a lot of that was at the end of the game too and yeah harden is known for the step back but they guarded it just about as well as you could have other than the times where uh you know, they had to kind of sink in on Embiid, and sometimes they would give a little bit of space to harden that is not what happened in the fourth quarter at all like you just got them to uh, grind it down to the end of the clock. And this happened throughout the game, but specifically in that stretch run in the in crunch time that ended the game for the Heat, uh, it was hard in making those shots. And he's done it in the past, but he hasn't done it consistently over the past couple of seasons, specifically since that hamstring injury, you know, just kind of to tie back to the Lowry thing. But um, I just think in general, it's a pretty good game plan. Now, the whole thing for me is like, you know, do you want to have more times where Bam is closer to the basket, right? Like, I understand the whole switching and helping, and it's not uh, all about that. But I think they're, they're, they might be a little bit too willing to do that sometimes because they're obviously trying to run certain plays. And shout out to Giancarlo Navas from Heapy who pointed out uh, the Sixers have been kind of emptying the corner, running James Harden pick and roll. And uh, that's something that the Heat have been doing with Jimmy and Bam, where it's like it's harder to help if you have an empty corner there. And that's kind of been their counter to the way that the Heat are defending them. And it's just made it hard for the guys to recover. When you're, like when you're fronting with a smaller guy, you need to have somebody there on the back line. And it's made it harder for the Heat to uh, recover there. So I think there's going to be a little bit more of Bam being on Embiid that we've seen over the past couple of two, I mean, the past couple of games. But um, really, I, I, I don't see that happening again. I, and, uh, you know, the, the, the end of the shot clock stuff mixed with, the Sixers making half their threes, literally half their threes over the past two games at the same time that the Heat are making less than a quarter of their threes. Like, it's just a lot going on there. So it's just hard to not go back to the shooting. Like, there's reasons why the shots are, you know, there's different game plans kind of fighting right now. But, you know, it's just kind of about who has the better game plan. And at, at the end of the day, maybe that's why we don't see any changes. At the end of the pod, uh, Greg, but can we acknowledge right now? Because I think there was a lot of mockery of Doc Rivers before the series. Can we at least acknowledge that he's he's at least coaching Spo to a draw right now? Oh, Is yeah, for sure. I think I think he should be given a ton of credit for going back there, integrating Embiid. That's never easy when you have a, a highlight. I mean, 
obviously it's like good to get that guy back and you're always going to, you're never going to say no, but it's not always easy to just insert a guy into a postseason playoff series and make it work. So they did all that. They made the shots they're supposed to make. I think doc deserves a ton of credit. It doesn't mean that he's cooking up anything for game five though. Oh yeah. Well, we, well, we know, I'm sure our friend will be there to see what he's cooking up in the huddle. All right, let's, let's pivot around here before we close. We'll try to take a couple more comments. Um, we're just going to do the comments on the thread. Most of the comments from our off the floor thread, a thread actually we incorporated into the show already. Uh, we do appreciate our subscribers. There is $3 and five cents a month. We interact with you. We give away shirts. We give away hats. We give away media guys. We give away everything uh, there. So make sure that you check that out. Sean Rochester, our, our mole on site in Philadelphia says they still they still uh, boo Doc there uh, in pregame. Well, I would I mean he cost him the first two games of this series. You could say or at least one oh, of them yeah. by the fact that Embiid wasn't out there. I do want to tell people about PrizeMix.com. That's our official fantasy sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure you use the code Five. I got to check how my picks went tonight. I actually played Bobby Portis over tonight. I had to hold my nose when I did that, but I think he was a ten and a half points, so that looked pretty good to me. I uh, use the code word Five prizepicks.com get your initial deposit match up to a hundred dollars don't need to play it all at once and of course you can also play nhl mlb along with nba if you choose to and they've got an mma platform uh as well uh that you can use on saturday nights go to prizepicks.com use the code five all right let's get to the the comments just throw up uh throw up any any five here we're gonna go through them quickly uh each of us will take one and then uh we'll we'll, we'll fight over who takes the last one manny throw it up I'll take this one. Spo needs to go to more traditional rotation so he can match it better with the Sixers, plus we're struggling shooting the ball. I guess the question is for a team like the Heat, what is a traditional rotation? I mean, a traditional Eric Spolster rotation is nine guys. That's He's basically played nine guys. It's yeah, been, I don't see what's not traditional about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last game with no Deadman, it got a little non-traditional with the P.J. minutes, but – I mean, yeah. PJ did just as good a job on Embiid as any of those other dudes that's sitting at the end of the Heat bench were going to do. I mean, well, we the saw the Marquee here Morris was that, that, like. that a lot of the struggles <laughs> against Harden came with PJ on the bench too. Um, so, so that plays into it. I right, Greg, downplaying PJ, by the way. I think PJ has been great this series. I just think it's tough when he's not getting those open corner threes. I just remember now. I had to. I think that. PJ, all right, Adrian. One right, of the right. reasons they're able to stay in games, man. That's Alex, crazy. it's Greg's turn. Adrian, what do the Heat do to slow Maxi down? Got to limit. Got to start to limit some of the others. Uh, I think they need to play way more aggressively on defense. I think just all around the energy level, um, they need to take more gambles. I don't know if that means trapping. Um, I don't know that they have a guy that can stay in front of Maxi when he gets like a full head of steam. Like, I don't know if that guy's on the roster truthfully, which is crazy to say actually, but Maxi really impresses me. Um, I would have drafted him even though he's a clutch client, uh, but that's, it's a tough question. I think just overall defensively, they need to play with the energy level that they did in the last four minutes of that game in game four, the way that they were fronting, the way that they were moving, move your damn feet like this is like very basic they need to come with that kind of energy and enthusiasm from the jump and that will translate to maxi as well so that's kind of like my game five oorah speech is move your damn feet maxi would probably be in toronto right now if they drafted him we think um this all right true. just from 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 vroom 23 uh for alex if bam is not in foul trouble he has to play way more minutes than he has been right oh yeah no doubt. I think that that's the whole thing you're trying to balance with him is is foul trouble. But you're at the point in the season now where the series is very, very real. Like you had a chance to stomp these dudes out. 
whether it was game three or game four, like you could have gone up 3-0 or 3-1, that we're not there anymore. You have It's a best of three. You have two of them at home if it goes to seven. But now is the point where you cannot mess around anymore. And, you know, these are the types of points where I understand shortening the rotation a little bit. That's why I'm kind of doubting that a lot of these changes uh, people may want to see happen is because I think a lot of the shooting stuff, and especially like when everybody post game is repeating all the shooting things, like everybody is acutely aware of that especially Spo, who, by the way, was, you know, actually saying more that uh, the defense was a bigger issue than the offense, which kind of makes me think that <clears throat> there won't be too many wholesale changes there, especially with lineups. So he always says that. I don't know, you know, like, but I think a lot Riley of times also we wanted to point out that like uh, in the past, when he'll make those types of changes is like kind of when it's already, you know, just a little too late. So I feel like that, that's something, you know, like starting Tyler for an example. I mean, for example, with something he would do six if, if they lost five, game five. Yeah, exactly. Like, you I'm, know, I'm, I'm still, waiting. I'm still waiting for him to put Mario Chalmers in for Mike Bibby. He waited uh, He waited till game six of that series to do it. I still think that was that was that contributed as much to the loss as LeBron freezing up, honestly. Um, he, he did the same thing that's with Eddie I House. It, it, he did the same thing with Eddie House. He did the same thing. In the 14 finals, remember in game five where right. he went to Ray Allen over Rio, which we talked to Norris about uh, the last time Norris was on with us. I know about I mean, as much as LeBron choking. <laughs> maybe not. It's like, that's I mean, a Rio, Rio gave him 20. Rio, as he take. will tell you, gave him 20. You know, Sioux Falls legend and Mario Chalmers. That tonight. I bet you that that is a hotter take than you expected to be. No, he doesn't want LeBron I, to see it. I bet you Rio will retweet it. He, I think he had 22 <laughs> in game six. It was too late. I bet you Ron may see it, it too. To Ron's going to see it and put like 50 emojis next to it and use yeah. it for <laughs> I, next I'm, season. Yeah, LeBron doesn't follow me anymore. He used to. All right, Brady, uh, next comment is for you. Throw him up. What kind of oh, – see, you gave – that's a Brady question. What kind of differing questions do we need to show Philly, Brady? I just want to say, why <laughs> did you sound so – why did you sound so sad when you said about LeBron unfollowing you? Everything just got depressing after you said that. But it, I, no, as soon as he got on the plane to Cleveland, literally, he, <laughs> my, my no, I'm going to tell this. So July 11th, okay, no, 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 July 11th, he leaves for Cleveland. My daughter's born six days later, so it wasn't as soon as okay. He he did send me a d- very nice direct message when he saw because I had posted something on Twitter about my birth of my daughter. He sent me a message congratulations. Okay. Whatever. And I said, okay, I'll see you in Cleveland. I said, you have to find me some restaurants. And then literally the next day he unfollowed me. I was it. he unfollowed, <laughs> he, he mass, he mass unfollowed he the, entire, the entire Miami heat crew. All of us, I think Reynolds and Ira and me, all of us just <laughs> mass unfollowed. And then Dwayne the funny part about it was, no, but the funny thing about it was Adam Mendelson, who I think he's still working with LeBron, but he was at the time. Adam told him that I was going to be covering him because I got stuck being sent to Cleveland from Bleacher Report. And like a week later, he followed me again. So it was just like he was back. And then that didn't last very long because then I think he followed me and he noticed I was still tweeting a bunch of heat stuff. And he was very raw about all that at that time. Anyway, that's that's my story. So yeah, I know he never showed me Cleveland restaurants. Go ahead, Brady. So I will say back to, about the <laughs> coverage is uh, – I think Alex is onto something in terms of when he said earlier about drop coverage. Like, I think one of the biggest things in terms of defending a beat, I don't think they did a terrible job. It's just the fact that Bam's the one switching out onto, let's say, a Harden. The same thing we're talking about. Jimmy or PJ's fronting, and you have Max Schroes or Kyle Lowry as the backside help. So there was plenty of times where they pressured good enough because Bam's the one denying the pass, and it hit the front of the rim, and they're going the other direction. All that's great. But when they do make that entry pass, 
there's no going back. Like it, that's basically two points every time they make that pass because there's no way a Kyle Lowry is able to help there. The difference is I think you need Bam in the action somewhere. Like you either need him to be the guy fronting, you need him to be the guy on the backside help. You just need him somewhere in the play for it to be effective. One of the ways to do that, like Alex said, is drop. Like they got to just let him back off in a lot of ways. Maybe just that could be a counter. Just see if James Harden, uh, or Tyrese Maxey, if their pull-up gets going, kind of test them in a way to say, okay, let's see how you react to this. Uh, but other than that, I think the other part, if they don't want to go drop, they they have to fight through some screens. Like, it's something we've talked about, I feel like, for so long. But yeah. there just feels like there's so many points where they're just giving it up. Like, Embiid's not even... They don't have to even... switch every off-ball screen. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and it's even the on-ball ones where it's like, okay, we know Embiid's going to set the screen and they want to get the switch then get into that high post area. Bam's standing there waiting for the switch to again with the James Harden and Butler's already yeah. backing up. Like pushing there, through. There has to be some type of uh like you said, physicality or aggression defensively. I feel like that's where it kicks in most in terms of coverages. It's just trying to fight through screens. If the whistle's a little tight that it is against Philly, I guess maybe it's a little tougher to do because Embiid will probably fall to the ground if he gets touched on a screen. But other than that, I think everything will be kind of similar, I guess, in that same way. What about Alfredo. the zone? Quick follow-up. Do you still play as much zone as they did? Because they mixed up, two. I think, two different zone looks throughout the game in game four. Would you Not throw away start. as much as they have? I, I kind of think they have to, especially if they play Duncan. Like, if we're talking That's about true. to go along with That's what we're true. saying, if they're playing an extra shooter, an extra, uh, I guess, non-defender, there, there's ways that they have to go there. I also think it's okay in terms of it, it's also the same way because Miami's dealing with this on the other end. Like, they're playing zone on Miami, and they're forcing you to flash middle. I think there's ways specifically when it beats off the floor, go to it. Like there's no reason not to because you're forcing a Tobias Harris or a Paul Reed to catch the ball in the middle and make a play. Yeah. That's a win for you. Like there's times when uh, when Miami doesn't have Bam in the game and it's kind of like, okay, who did they go middle here? Okay, maybe Jimmy can go middle. Tyler can get to the middle of the floor off the ball. But like there's two main factors of the zone and it's both bigs on both ends. So I feel like if that's kind of the factors kind of balancing, I guess, who's in the game. Alfredo, uh, with a good reference there. You remember that one, the Damon Jones minutes in Game Seven against Detroit? Ugh. well, that's because Dwayne that wasn't. Game. That yeah, was Dwayne wasn't totally awful. right. What? What are we I'll should do an episode once on the worst coaching moves um, in Miami Heat history? There haven't been a lot, but Stan, I I think if he could yeah. take it back, he would have left Dwayne on the floor at the end against Indiana instead of subbing in Ray for Alston for a three, right? Like. Like just, that was one of the worst ones. Yes, absolutely. Um, the game seven stuff as well. What are some other good ones? Not playing um, Beasley until it was too late in 2014. Oh God, I'm not letting you. I'm not letting you do this. No. I, I saw. Okay, so you mentioned Beasley, so you know where I'm going next. Uh, basketball Index or Basketball Reference or Basketball Bullshit had Hassan Whiteside as the, the best six man this year and had like a whole thread of metrics as to why he was something called LeBron and reverse Raptor LeBron, <laughs> like whatever, like get out of here with that dog. Hassan Whiteside is not anywhere near one of the best bench players in the league. All those stats, like, that makes Raptor. me want to throw the data out, bro. Because, like, and I'm a data guy. Like, I sit with data all day in the 9 to 5, and that makes me hate data when I see that. That's oh my, my rant. You know that nobody for basketball reference is watching this right now, but that's okay. 
It could have been a different one. Whoever they are. Index, reference, bullshit. That's possible. (laughs) Maddie, give us one more question here before we go. Thanks to our sponsors, All Pro Construction, You Break, We'll Fix, and prizepicks.com. I'll be on starting nine at nine in the morning for more of this. Get over reverse Raptor. More more Hassan Whiteside reverse Raptor talk. Uh, What do we got? Oh, boy. I'm going to need some Novocaine after this one. What do you think will happen if we don't make the ECF? Uh, how many hours is Brady? Uh, are we gonna Brady and, and Alex are gonna give Greg on this one because this, right? No, what I happens? mean if if they blow this, I think we're all gonna be lighting them up. I mean, maybe to different degrees, perhaps. But <laughs> like we said it also right before the series, mm-hmm. whether it was Embiid playing or not. Like if they don't get to the conference finals, it's a big disappointment. And I think once you factor in the fact that. Uh, at least two of us here really dislike the Sixers and their brand of basketball. I think at least three of us, if not, <laughs> you know, it just throws in a little bit extra, all that disdain. So I, I don't know, man. Like, I think we're all, we all have our expectations high and it's just about perspective at this point. Like, do you think it's going to keep happening over and over? Like, I just don't believe that the Heat are going to be the team to give Harden and Embiid a uh, conference finals appearance, the first conference finals appearance for the Sixers since 2001, they're going to be the team that they, that Embiid and them get over the Can you imagine home. watching first take during those two I'm going to have to deactivate. Like, you guys right? are going to lose me. Um, for for you know, a Bucks Sixers series. One of our five on the floor followers um, on Twitter tweeted at me today. I think her name is Karen, but if, I, if I'm not referencing that correctly, I do apologize. And she said that we talked about like worst case things that could happen in Philly. And we said a Danny Green shooting game, a James Harden game. Um, And so like, we got to be careful with the crap we put out into the universe, y'all, because that that did not manifest itself well for us. So if I was to say this is going to be a Korkmaz game in game five, that's a bad (laughs) thing to say. He didn't even play that game. Why would you do that? That makes it worse and more viable. All all I want to say is I've been to two games in this series. They've won both of them. And Alex Brady and I will be there tomorrow night. I don't know if it's a direct result of us we or there too. not playing. What? We were there too. Eh. You're in 105. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.